What's up, Browns fans? Welcome in to your Tuesday, October 4th edition. This is your comprehensive All-22 breakdown on the OBR Film Breakdown, your favorite Cleveland Browns podcast, I hope, if you're checking in every day. My name is Jake Burns, you know me, the host, and I am going to ride solo today for this episode, as I do for these, after watching the film and breaking down everything, uh, getting a second set of eyes on uh, tape that gives you a better idea of what happened in the game, and I took a lot of notes, as I always do, took a lot of uh, thoughts on individual player performances, and I'm going to pass them along to you. I'll tell you I was just as frustrated on rewatch as I was you know, right at the conclusion of that game, watching it for the first time, they they really left an opportunity in Atlanta to win a football game uh, out there. And and especially rewatching the goal line stuff, which I have an article on some of the goal line scheme choices, which I think was a string of Kevin's worst efforts as Cleveland Browns head coach. Uh, usually, like I said, a very complimentary of Kevin, but when he's bad, I will say he's bad. And I think he would admit that he was bad in these respects as well and I thought they still had a chance to win this game they needed to hit a couple screen passes probably they win this football game Uh, just that simple you know if Jacoby Brissett doesn't force a football down the field he dumps it off to his back right in front of him gives him a chance to run you probably get a kick to at least tie it a lot of just a lot of things left on the field uh, as a means of what it would have taken to overcome this situation they put themselves in right because the first half you know I got to say a lot of people like to to complain about the fourth down stuff and Cleveland's a top 10 fourth down conversion team they're doing really well with it and you know you can't have it both ways you can't be mad when it fails and happy when it goes well you got to understand there's inherent risk to every fourth down decision right that the Browns maybe have scored on 67 percent of those they haven't given up many points off of those deep down in the red zone situations either I think they've given up a touchdown a field goal a couple three and outs like they're doing pretty well in response to when they don't get those fourth downs I prefer a coach that will go for it I think that you should in short yardage be able to go for it now you could complain that they don't run it's not easy to run the football on third and fourth down in more than a yard or two it's just not in theory you think it is but it's not you have to throw it a lot of the time because defenses are packing the box making it difficult for you to run so you know um I'm I'm just like I said. I'm just as frustrated they didn't win this game. They should have been up at a minimum, at a at a very minimum. You know, at halftime, 17 points should have been on the board. You could claim 13, whatever. I I just think that the trips they made to the red zone, they had to get more than what they got out of it. So to be stuck at uh, 10, 10 at half, it was uh, it was going to be something they had to fight their way out of. And again, I remind you, if you didn't listen to yesterday's podcast, the margin for error for this group is tight. Right. You know, they they don't have a bunch of room to mess around and win games. They have to hit the plays. They have to hit the option because they don't have a creator, a guy who can go above and beyond. Now, Nick can to an extent run game. You're limited, but they don't have a quarterback right now who can make things happen, conjure things up out of thin air. When a team takes away your favorite outcome of a play, a guy who can create something. So they have to they have to be smart. They have to take advantage of things. They have to. Uh, all of those little 50-50 plays they need to do a better job of. you know, And it, it could be something as minor as Ronnie Harrison catching the football on a punt. You know, It bounces once and it's clearly going to bounce down toward the one-yard line. He just, just catches it at the 10-yard line. The difference for an offense coming out from the one-yard line or two- or three-yard line versus the 10 is monumental. And it's a small play, 
And it, 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 you probably think it doesn't mean anything because it's inside the 20. No, that changes the approach. And at that point, you know, Atlanta was able to run one, one offensive uh, run play and then play action pretty comfortably without fear of going too far back in the end zone or putting themselves in a vulnerable position. So again, it's just the small stuff. They didn't, I don't think Cleveland did enough of the small stuff well, and I don't think they handled goal line situations on offense well. And that's a recipe for losing. Okay. So, you know, I'll, I'll take the first break of our episode. Quick word from our sponsors. When we go come back, we'll talk through some of the numbers and we'll talk through both sides of football. We'll start with the defense and then we'll get to the offense second uh, because there's a lot to unpack on the defense. So I want to hit that. I mean, both, really, uh, both sides of the ball. But we'll get to both here. So quick break. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform today. Playing pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning 250 k in cash alone. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb your leaderboard for a shot to win big money every single day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. Bet on up to five player props, even those over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up with this promo code which is very simply for the fans of this podcast, OBR. Use that promo code OBR at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app on the App Store and get a first deposit match up to $25. So again, promo code OBR. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. Again, that promo code OBR, nohouseadvantage.com. Offensively, the Browns... Um, we're pretty aggressive in this game. We talked about it ahead of time, how many uh, you know, times they would need to blitz, how, how could they change their approach. I, I think i got to reiterate, when you have your two defensive ends, or the Browns' rush defense approach is really built around the fact teams don't think they can run laterally because both Miles is a wide nine and Jadevian Clowney is a strong side edge who is able to uh, deter point of attack runs means linebackers don't think they have to play laterally. Defensive tackles don't think they have to run laterally. It's taking on counters, powers, inside zone, tight zone, 
that they eliminate a portion of run game. And when that portion of run game is then allowed to happen because you have Isaac Rochelle, Alex Wright, Isaiah Thomas, it changes the, the, the mentality. Now, Atlanta didn't run it a ton early. They did not have a ton of success early running the football. And then they figured out, oh, yeah, why are we putting the ball in Mariota's hand so often? We should probably try to do some of the things that are our baseline because Arthur Smith is a similar offensive scheme to Kevin Stefanski. Now, they did some fun wrinkles, but... The Browns should not have been surprised by many of the things they saw. But again, it's a philosophical mind change for how you defend the run and what your responsibilities are and what you can expect. Because if Clowney and, and, and Garrett are out there, you eliminate certain schemes. They're just not going to happen. And you can slow react to those and still be just fine. That was not the case in this one. But the Browns, to the point of what I was saying earlier, they had 13 blitzes of five or more in this game and three of six or more. So they were very aggressive, by far the most aggressive that I have seen in Joe Wood's tenure. He he got after the quarterback. On 11 dropbacks, Mariota was pressured. There were several occasions. They did get one Jordan Elliott sack, but there were several other occasions where JOK was there or a twisting, looping, uh, you know, exchange defensive tackle or D-end was there. They had a chance to make five sacks, and they did not make any others than that Jordan Elliott sack. Now, Mariota, again, a slippery quarterback back there, but nonetheless, windows are small here margin for error is small and when you have a clean shot at the quarterback in the backfield you have to be able to handle it you got to get him down the browns are in base for 37 of 55 plays from the falcons so they matched a lot they, they had taki taki out there including jok and jacob phillips a ton of ton of base only 13 nickel snaps and only five snaps of dime so that tells you what they were doing to match what atlanta was putting out there they were 19 times either in two man which is man underneath with two deep safeties in kind of a free-roaming territory, cover zero or cover one, 19 times. That's, again, by far the most aggressive they have been all year in man-to-man coverage, and it resulted in pretty good outcomes. It really did. I was impressed uh, with the usage. The, the cover two and cover six only one time, and cover four only eight times, those are low numbers. 23 times of cover three, that's customary, and they wanted to get another man down in the box. I think that's pretty normal right, for the situation uh, when you were getting gashed and, and really trying to match heavier tight end groupings. So, you know, those numbers add up to me. Again, Mariota was a 3 of 10 um, under pressure for 77 yards when he was blitzed on pass down blitzes. He was blitzed 10 times. He was 4 of 10 for 50 yards in that Denzel Ward undercut on that drag interception. So uh, it was positive. I mean, they held the Falcons to a minimal amount of rush yards, right? Like the Falcons only threw the football, um, according to the home stats here, they they only threw the football for 139 yards. They defended the pass well. One pass breakdown, which was a um, a disappointing play. They The Falcons max protected on a wide zone straight drop. Not a boot back off of the wide zone fake, but they straight dropped. They ran a post and an over route. And the Browns were three deep, three under with five blitzing, uh, five rushers. Taki Taki was off the edge. And Jacob Phillips just never turns and robots into the underneath of the over route. He just never found it, and it was wide open. And that's the 42-yard gain plus a 15-yard face mask that decides the game. But otherwise, the coverage was pretty good. I thought JOK was pretty good in coverage. I thought most of the guys were fine. Um, seven completions allowed in the game. You'd like to think you win that. But the run defense struggled, man, and we're going to talk about individual players, but my, my notes are that the Browns struggled all game with crack blocks from in defensive ends, just not even remotely aware of a tight bunch alignment or a, a wide receiver 
close to the edge that, hey, man, that guy might just crack block and, and hit you in the ear hole. You might want to be aware of that and, and resist that pressure. They had no clue they were coming. I have Jacob Phillips here is constantly over-pursuing schemes, just flying over the top. He got better as the game wore on, but he was so often out of place at the wrong time. He made a nice heroic third down run stop late in the game over on the sideline. I'm sure you remember it, but um, yeah, just, just he's too often over pursuing when defensive tackles feel either two people blocking them or a, a run down the line scheme. They do not fight that pressure at all. They just get run by. And when they get two people on them, they act like they can't do anything about that, that that outcome is predetermined because there are two on me. They have no defensive tackles who will go above and beyond as a baseline. And I think Jordan Elliott was one of the better ones in this game. I'm not sure Tommy Togiai can play. Like I, He played 37 snaps, and he had a 26.8 grade, and I think that's being generous, like really generous. I'm not sure he can play in the NFL. It's, it's that bad. He is just being moved around and pushed around wherever t- teams want to take him. It was, it was, it was, the, the film is gross. Isaac Rochelle was lost. He got a 53.6 grade. He had four pressures. I, he's, he's constantly lagging inside. He doesn't seem to understand his run fit or pass rush lane responsibility. He shouldn't be playing. He just, it's, it's bad that he's out there. Um, like I said, Tommy Togi, I struggled. Jordan Elliott was one of the few I thought had a relative pulse in this game and resisted pressure. He had seven tackles as a defensive tackle. That's pretty good. I thought he was better than the grade indicated. Uh, I, re- I really did. I thought he was one of the few defensive tackles who looked like they belong. Isaiah Thomas played some snaps. He played 24. It's okay, but he's just athletically overmatched. Uh, the, the Falcons ran a, a little quick. Uh, read scheme, read option, and he just over pursues upfield. Mariota slips inside of him. He just, he just athletically, it doesn't look like it fits right now. Um, you know, there's so often I've noticed that there are, there are guys slanting into each other. So one is reading the run fit or getting to his run fit, and one is slanting back the opposite direction. It happened multiple times. I have three times where defensive tackles slanted into each other and a linebacker was in the wrong run fit, and it just pops. The run pops. So that's tough. 94, uh, which is Alex Wright, I thought he, again, did not have any feel for crack blocks, and I just didn't like how he felt out run schemes. He was moved way too easy for how big he is. I thought he had a really bad game, and he graded out below 40, which I think is a fitting a fitting grade. John Johnson, man, I really want to support the guy, but... I, he gives up. He gives up a lot. I, I just he just gives up a lot more than I'm comfortable with, and I continue to hate free agency in the Browns because it just feels like they don't get good outcomes from guys who are really good in other places, and then they come here and they just he's just passive. I, I don't really understand. It's not the same player I watch with the Rams. I'm disappointed with his start to the year, especially considering when I thought he got better by the end of the year. So. Um, those are kind of all of my notes. We'll go through player grades. Denzel graded out really well. He had the highest run, uh, sorry, overall defensive grade. Delpit was good. I thought he was all over the football. He had four tackles. He had a pass breakup. He had a stop tackle. Uh, I thought he had a really nice game overall. Martin Emerson was fine in his 10 snaps when the Browns were in nickel. Um, so he was out there for 10 of those. Sione Takitaki was fine. He's just like a really good NFL Sam backer. He's out there. He can handle run fits. He does what he's supposed to do. He can drop into pass coverage and curl flat a little bit. He's fine. Perrion Winfrey was out there for 16 snaps, and I thought he had a pulse. Now, why he was only out there for 16 snaps, I don't know. 
He had a nice stop tackle on a wide zone run that was impressive. I mean, he was okay to me, better than the others who got a lot more snaps than he did. I'll tell you that much right now. So those are your look at your grades. I talked about the bottom of the group. Alex Wright, John Johnson, Jordan Elliott, Jacob Phillips, the 27.3 grade. Pretty fitting. Pretty fitting. Was was really bad in run fits throughout the game. Um, looking at run defense grades, Ronnie Harrison, Grant Delpa, Taki Taki, Emerson, Perrion Winfrey at the top of the list at the bottom. The names I've already talked about. Alex Wright, Togi, I, Jacob Phillips, Jordan Elliott, all at the bottom. So Jacob Phillips had some pop plays, but he just misses too many routine plays, routine run fits. So it's, it's really rough. Pass rush grades. As I said, Rochelle led the group with four total pressures. Uh, Jordan Elliott had three. The Browns had 15 total on the day. Alex Wright, two. JOK, two. JOK's got to finish, man. He gets in the backfield so fast. At times, he just has to finish what he starts. Disappointed sometimes he can't make those game-changing plays. Got to throttle down. Something we talked about when he was drafted. He plays a mile a minute, man. He plays so fast, but he's got to throttle down. So um, Rochelle actually gets the second-highest pass rush grade, but that is not... That does not take into account him being where he's supposed to be to eliminate quarterback scramble. So take that for what you will. Coverage grades, Denzel's 92.8, largely driven by an interception. I thought he was fine. Two pass breakups for Grant Delpit, fitting. Thought he was pretty dang good in this one. Gave up one catch for 22 yards, but I thought he was he was strong. JOK had a, a couple nice robot technique uh, coverage plays. I thought he had a nice day in coverage. Only gave up one catch for 20 yards, one of three. Uh, again, thought he th- thought he had a nice day. Taki Taki was fine. Harrison was fine. John Johnson, uh, not very good. 36th grade fits. Jacob Phillips lost in coverage, second from the bottom. And then Greg Newsom a couple times in man to man, let some plays happen. He, um, I think he allowed. Uh, let's see here. I think he allowed a couple first downs, which is which is frustrating for him. Yeah, a couple of them. Thought he could have been a little bit better in the slot, but he's continuing to learn that position. So. That's the defense, man. I thought they did enough to win. I thought I thought Joe Woods, it's not going to be popular, but I thought he was fine. I thought he was fine. I just don't think they were dealing with any kind of immense skill up front. I, I liked what they did. I liked the aggressiveness that they brought, and I liked the more challenging man-to-man stuff, just a couple glaring plays here and there where, you know, the first touchdown Denzel Ward doesn't maintain gap responsibility. The second touchdown where they get it to 17 points is is the drive where they run the football 10 straight times and it's just a, a and I'll put the play up tomorrow on Twitter but they have three guys in the same run fit gap and like the the D tackle the nose cuz they're playing a bear front and a linebacker and it's an easy touchdown that I thought John Johnson kind of quit on too but I mean the defense was not great but they weren't that bad. I mean they they gave up run stuff and that was really dehumanizing or emasculating is probably the way to say it. It was tough to watch but Again, overall, I didn't think they were that bad. They did enough to win, in my opinion. The offense just didn't finish. So we'll switch over and talk about the offense here now. Um, but, uh, you know, the defense isn't great, but I thought I thought they were good enough to win. I, re- I really do think they, they, they played enough, uh, well enough to win that football game. Um, you know, giving up a couple touchdowns isn't great, but they held some situations to three points, which I thought deserved an applause. And they should, the Browns should have won this game 27-23 or something of the sort. So... We'll switch over, talk about offense. We'll be right back. One last quick break. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply beat themselves on the side of the football I think you know that we've talked about it enough the coach beat himself the quarterback beat himself it was frustrating man really frustrating so they ran 11 personnel 26 times three of those had a sixth offensive lineman Michael Dunn played eight snaps in this game Yodi Froholt played two uh, as well um, 12 personnel one running back two tight ends they had 24 snaps 13 personnel so three tight ends and so that brings Miller Forrestal onto the field that's eight times 22 personnel so that's two running backs Nick and Kareem plus two tight ends five times and then um, 38 snaps with motion 32 is shifting they continue to do that and I'm fine with it I think they did fine going through offensive grades in this one David Bell's your highest grade getter in 19 snaps I thought he had a a good game great slot fade nice little uh, second and 15 curl at the sticks I thought he was good I thought he was good in this one really enjoyed it Conklin Wills and Nick Chubb are your three next highest I thought they played well. I thought Jedrick Wills had a really nice second half. Joel Batonio, Ethan Posich at the top there. David Njoku, another great game, man. He blocked really well and, and had some nice efforts. He had the fumble, which hurt, but he did really well. Uh, he continues to have a nice little piece in this offense, and I'm excited about where David's going. And He's such a good, willing and good blocker uh, as well. Um, Kareem Hunt, Wyatt Teller, Jacoby Brissett is a 67.3 in this one. We'll talk a bit more about him in a minute. Donovan Peoples-Jones had a nice game, 61 snaps. Harrison Bryant struggled, although his his blocking metrics were pretty strong. He had a couple balls that hit him in the hands I wish he would have brought in. And then Cooper's actually your bottom grade uh, with 55.1, but I didn't think Amari was bad. I thought he had actually some opportunities to get catches where throws were just made to other guys for completion. So, I mean, that's your lowest grade. The offense played fine from a grade standpoint. Jacoby wasn't terrible. He had a... 67.3 67.3 grade. I mean, the pass grade of 61.8 is not good. Not good enough. He was 21 of 35, 234, an interception, one big-time throw, one turnover-worthy play, which obviously resulted in a turnover. Um, a 10-yard average distance to target. Um, so he was okay, but the thing that hurt the most was the under-pressure metrics. Two of nine for 17 yards went under pressure. He was not blitzed, 18 of 27 or kept clean, 16 of 29, 217 yards, 211. When he's kept clean, he was great. It's really good. The under the under pressure stuff was bad. He was 3 of 8 against the Blitz for 23 yards. The thing that stands out to me was the screen game. His lowest grade, 46.2, there are 70 yards left on the field in screen game, which is extremely frustrating uh, to look at. How many how many yards are left? you got to be creative, man. you got to get the football out. you got to find ways to get the football around. Now, I think the tackles could help him a bit more. But you got to find ways to get screens thrown. You just do you, as a quarterback, sidearm, whatever, man, pump fake it quick and drop it off, lob it, whatever. You got to get the football out on screens. And they had a lot of nice screens set up in this one. So that part's a bit of a bummer. Jacoby was okay. But again, this is what I expect. I don't, any game where Jacoby Brissett is handling the football at the end to try to drive you down to win, your expectations should be low. And the two losses they've had, he shouldn't have had. It shouldn't have come to that. It shouldn't have come to that. The goal line scheme stuff was rough. I was right about 
Um, the first one at the goal line of fourth and three in the opening drive, they protected seven. They sent three guys out on routes. They thought they were getting blitzed, sent three guys out on routes, protected seven, and it was easily covered. The uh, Right before half, I don't know what the hell that was. They ran a dive, which was fine. They should have run the dive again. They ran a three-step drop, couldn't stand it. There was nobody open. Everyone's bracketed. Atlanta had no fear. I've never seen a three-step drop from the one-yard line, so I don't know. Kevin must have thought he was getting some look, guaranteed look. I don't know what happened. I would love to ask him because that was extremely bizarre play call. No play action, nothing. And then, um, you know, as we know, they dropped that screen. But those are two drives that get down into the to the red zone that you get three points when you should have potentially had 10 to 14. Um, that's That's pivotal. That's pivotal. And I've talked a bit about what happened on the final drive. The second down sack, Grady Jarrett beats Joel Batonio on a club rip, and Jacoby tries to step up and steps right into Grady Jarrett. Then third down, I don't know if Jacoby thought it was fourth down. I'm not entirely sure on that one because there is nobody covering the back right in front of his face, and he just launches it up into the seam against double-bracketed coverage on David Bell. I have no idea, no idea why he threw that. Uh, there and he kind of did the same thing against the Jets where he just locked on and threw it uh, on the dig and it was just undercut while he had a backside dig wide open I'm not sure man but again those moments are not for every quarterback and if you're expecting Jacoby Brissett to lead those down the field you're probably not going to feel great about the outcome of it receiving grades 82.8 for David Bell thought it was fitting and Joku 67.3 Donovan Peoples-Jones 73.9 sorry 65.9 I thought he had a nice game he had five catches, 71. He did almost haul a, a deep shot in on the right sideline. That would have been a huge play at the start of the second half, but it just by fractions missed. He is a very gifted catcher of the football. And when teams are going to try to take away Cooper, which I thought they did a little bit of that, I thought that that's who you're going to have to go to. Donovan, David, David, and then you know both Davids, David Bell, David, and Joku, and then get your backs involved. Um, you know, Harrison Bryant got six targets. He has four catches for 18 yards. You need to be a little deeper, man. We need to be some more yards off of that. So receiving stuff was fine, though, for what they had. I mean, I don't think Cooper missed a ton of opportunities. There's a fade up the left sideline. I would have liked to have seen completed, but it was just a hair off. There was one snap coming to mind where the Browns ran uh, on that final drive, actually, where they ran numbers uh, the trips to the left side, number two, number three, on the inside were kind of stacked together. And they tripped over each other, which was very clumsy, and it led to an incomplete pass. I'll break it down on Chalk Talk, but that one was disappointing uh, from a release standpoint. Jacoby Brissett, as a runner, ran three times for 16 yards, and he had the touchdown. Nick Chubb had 19 attempts. He had 70 yards after contact for his of his 118. Another six missed tackles forced. He's up to like 32 of those or 33 on the year. So uh, I think he leaves the rest of the NFL by 10. He continues to, to be ridiculously talented and, and displaying it right now. Five 10-plus yard rushes. He ran eight, ga- eight zone schemes, 11 gap schemes the Browns. Again, about you know uh, a 3-to-4 ratio here of gap to zone. 17 gap runs. They love pulling tight ends and guards, man. That's what they love to do. They're really good at it. Uh, and 12 zone schemes in this one. David Njoku had the one carry for negative six yards. We all hated it. You know, some plays you feel really good about going into a game, but you watch it unfold in the game and you want to wad that play up and throw it in the trash can. Just did not work. Uh, Otherwise, Kareem Hunt had 10 for 49. Kareem had one missed tackle forced. He had a long run of 20 yards. He had one 10 plus yard carry. And then he got six gap to four zone schemes. Uh, Along the line, pass blocking. And Joku was really good on four pass blocking reps. 
uh, Conklin, Teller, I mean, all of them were really good. They only allowed, and uh, pressures allowed range, only seven for the game on 35 dropbacks. Phenomenal. The lowest pass grade among anybody pass blocking was a 64.7 from Kareem Hunt. Postage, whose hands were full with Grady Jarrett at times, a 65.8 mark. True pass sets, they only allowed five pressures, and it was pretty spread out. Postage allowed one. Jed, we know Joel allowed that sack, which was just unfortunate. He got beat by a good player. Teller had one. Conklin had one, but they were really good. The pass blocking was clean all game. A lot of time to throw downfield. The run blocking stuff was hit or miss. Jed with a great grade uh, overall, 80.5 and 85.7 in run blocking. He was the one who sprung the... Uh, second half touchdown. I think it was like a 28-yard chub touchdown run. He sprung that one with a great initial uh, gallop into a climb situation where he springs it. He got really pumped up about it. It was good to see him show some emotion. Uh, otherwise, guys uh, that along the offensive line were pretty good everywhere. I mean, 74-1 for Teller, 71-2 for Conklin, including a usual strong uh, score in both of those guys in, in gap and zone. Postage was a 70.1 and Biltonio was a 67.7. They were good. They were really good. They just didn't fin- They should have had 31 points. They should have 31 points on the board. Another great performance. And the, everything added up, right? The time of possession, the number of plays. And I talked about it beforehand, man. It's just, it's just who finishes, who finishes drives. That's what it boils down to. Special teams wise, there really wasn't anything to note in this one. But Horquez punted it well. I talked about Ronnie Harrison's issue on the stopping the football inside the one. That's the only issue. I mean, they they just took care of business. Dearness Johnson had one tackle in the game. They only had one special teams tackle. It was just a really quiet special teams game. They kicked it well. They punted it well. Not much to talk about on that side of things. So that's good, I guess. If you're not talking about special teams, that's a good thing. So that's a wrap for today, guys, for your All-22 Comprehensive Breakdown. There will be more throughout the week, and I'll have more discussions around what Jared and Jordan and everybody else, including John, by the end of the week want to talk about when they give their final thoughts on it. But I'm as frustrated on second watch as I was on first watch. They left a win in Atlanta. Wins could be hard to come by this year, but I'll say it again, man. Like The season's not over. It's not over. There's a lot to play for. Everybody in the division has two wins except Pittsburgh, who's one and three. You got a lot to play for. You can win some games people didn't think you could win. You could beat a, a Chargers team traveling from west to east who's beat up, left tackles bruised, uh, out for the year. They're beat up at a lot of key positions. They just got gashed in the run game by the Texans. They can be beat. Justin Herbert's sore. Can you get after him? They can be beat. And then you play the Patriots, and who knows who's starting at quarterback? Bailey Zappi? Brian Hoyer, who knows? A beat up Mac Jones. You got a real chance to still get to four and two. So there should still be optimism. A lot to play for. We'll see what the injury report looks like this week. And we'll have some more fun episodes where we talk about some different things. But that's your breakdown. If you have any further questions, hit me up at the OBR DMs. They're always open. Whatever you guys got, bring it over. Appreciate you listening today. Have a fantastic Tuesday, everybody. And go Browns. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.